Welcome to Just Talk with Justine, a podcast for breast cancer survivors and supporters. Just Talk with Justine is a platform where breast cancer survivors can share their journeys. If we can help just one person who's listening today, we've accomplished our goal. Today's episode is actually sponsored by Warriors on Water. They have been generous enough to make a small donation to a sponsor this episode. And I want, they are a dragon boat team located in Central Florida, and they all consist of breast cancer survivors. So Warriors on Water, if you are a survivor, if you uh, are looking for a new avenue to get out there and get out in the fresh air and try something new, please reach out to me at Justine at Just Talk with Justine, and I'll give you more information. So today, my guest is a real, real thriver. He loves everything outdoors, on the ground and in the water, but absolutely no skydiving. She plays the piano. She does triathlons. She rows, rowing and single and crew, ceramics, painting, drawing, biohacking, which I don't know what that is, volunteering, reading nonfiction, and of course, dragon boating. So please welcome my warrior sister, Aylin Arditi, to my show today. Hi, Aylin. How are you? Did I say and butcher your last name? Yeah, you did. You got it, Justine. Thank you. I respond to everything. Aileen, Aileen, Eileen. How do you pronounce your first and last name? Aileen Arditi. Aileen Arditi. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Wow, there's so much I did not know about you. As I read your bio, you were a long-distance triathlon in 2004 with Team USA. Tell me about that. That is really impressive. Oh, that was just, um, that's a result of not giving up, Justine. What happened was uh, there are a lot of faster girls um, just out there for the fun. And one of the qualifying races, which happened to be in our backyard in Claremont, uh, the race organizer ran out of water. So the fast girls started dropping off like flies and I'm chugging along, coming like the turtle on the hair or whatever. And I said, hey, I, I just want to finish. So I was drinking water from the garden hoses. Okay. Sure enough, I came like four or five minutes before they, they shut off the course and appears like I got in the first couple of slots that finished. And I took that opportunity because I think it's not going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, so I was in the team USA, which was a large team. So, and I was the really last one when I finished in Sweden's Seder, but it was, it was a good adventure. Wow. That sounds really cool. Good for you. That is really awesome. Really awesome. So as you are a thriver and such an active person, tell me, tell me about your breast cancer diagnosis of invasive lobular. Tell me how you, how you found that. And was that through a a mammogram? Yeah, but, um, the healthcare system kind of initially failed me. Um, in January of that year, I felt a thickening in the breast. So I went to my of Joanne because I have a, my father had seven cancers. So uh, I was kind of trying to be my watchful and like getting surveilled. So I said, okay, if I go into my of Joanne in January, get the memo in July, somebody will catch if anything grows up there. So January, I felt some thickening. I, I did an extra visit. So they said, oh, it's nothing. I'm like, okay. 
but it feels like weird. But you have to keep in mind that lobular is not necessarily, doesn't become a tumor until it bunches up, it develops in sheaths. So oh. there was a thickening of the breast, which that's what I noticed, but they were looking for a lump. I think it's about 10% of the cancers, I think breast cancer is the lobular one. Um, so anyway, in um, July, I actually had finished an Ironman in Austria like one week before. So oh I'm like God. full force, healthy, wow, everything's great. That's so I go awesome. to, <laughs> I go to the uh, um, mammogram center and I, they always do ultrasounds because it's always dense. So I went there, ultrasound, mammo, and then they took me a different room. That was different than the they one that they then took. They I'm like, oh right. no, this is not good. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, I wait a long time and they're trying to sweet talk to me. I'm like, huh, I know what's going on here, but let me see. So they go in and the lab tech can't find it. So she calls in the head guru ultrasound lady. She comes and yeah, that. And I'm like, oh, so I go in there and I think something happened that never, I haven't heard it. The radiologist called me to the back room. Okay. And she, she showed my images from last year and this year. And you can see it's like the hurricane. You can see like a big pop going on. She's like, look, look. So and I said, okay, what do you mean? And he said, well, it is most probably cancer. So the mammogram tech gave it to me. So I tried to think, oh, maybe it's a trauma. So that's how I got the news. It wasn't no sugar coating or anything. I didn't even need to go to my doctor. Wow. Uh, they were sure from the mammal. So that was quite a blow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so you were by yourself when you heard all that, huh? Yeah, my family actually was in uh, Turkey. I'm of Turkish origin. Right. So I called my husband. <laughs> I used to have a car that I loved that always the check engine light went on. And it was a joke, like again. Yeah, yeah. So I called him. I said, hey, my check engine light is on. You better come back here. <laughs> so he immediately cut his vacation short and came here. Of course, you know, there's not much anybody could do, but still. But this um, was not it, in Turkey. What year no, was no, no, no. This was here in Orlando. Okay. He was in Turkey. So, oh, he was in Turkey. So, yeah, you so. and your husband um, are both Turkish or Turkish. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw, I read that as well that you, um, you, you grew up and lived in two, two countries. So, yeah. when did you become, and I won't get, I will get back to your breast cancer in a mm-hmm. moment, but you have such an interesting background. When, when were you like a hundred percent here in the U S or are you still, or what's, what's up with that? I'm here now. I've been here for 23 years. So I think, I think, okay. I think I'm here. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just checking because that's, well, interesting. you know, it's of course, Turkey is a very beautiful place. Unfortunately, there's a lot of forest fires going on there now really bad, but eventually I might become a snowbird uh-huh. because in the summertime getting out of Florida, seems a little enticing so it does sometimes it does sometimes yeah so yeah. you still have obviously you still have family there yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very good very good so back to this diagnosis so your husband picks you up and you give him the news and so what happens next do you um, what kind of treatments did they did you do um it was kind of a bumpy everybody lives this differently i was I really said, cancer, I'm looking you in the eye now. What do you want was my attitude. And I think it still goes that way. Probably there's a five stages of grief. I think I'm stuck at anger, whatever that is. Uh So I did not go into the acceptance or the more mild version. So uh, 
immediately I went into research mode. Oh, and what do you do? Nice. And we, uh, you know, our mutual friend, Karen, uh -huh. uh, we work at the same place. So I was constantly calling Karen. Karen is a very easygoing person. So she's not like me. And she's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Right. But uh, she referred me to her surgeon. So I immediately tried to set up a medical team. Uh, researching from my friends in pharma industry and like who is the best one you know uh, you know who is realistic I was actually uh, very much into this whole um, healthy eating organic so it was just like a slap to my face and I had a blog and it says yeah right is the blog you know oh. um, so I was mad but I know that I brought it on to myself Although I did have it because I was overtraining and, you know, kind of not nutritionally supporting that, um, getting up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, running 17 miles and then going to the oh office my. while the kids were small. So You're I burned beast. the candle from both ends. So the body just said, OK, I'm going to make you stop. You're going to make you slow down. So did you yeah. stop and totally change your lifestyle? I mean, no um, more run. So you really feel that all that excessive training that you did and you weren't eating a healthy lifestyle. Right. cause this yes yeah. well it probably it was there but it that probably was the, helped it yeah it's you know it the cancer is not like one thing happening multiple things happen correct. correct so um and the body i think gets cancer everybody gets six times cancer a, a, in their lifetime i believe the body usually can correct it everybody gets it. yeah but you don't know you don't diagnose it and it's just kind of if the body is healthy it's not dealing with an overtraining or an overstress environment. It can um, come over it. In my case, I thought that sleep was dispensable. Bad idea. Right. And, uh, and overtraining. And um, so. Wow. That, 17 miles a day. That's pretty over. Well, not pretty... a day. That's one. But I would get up at three and run and then go to the office. And uh, oh, so it was not smart. I. I, I still am very active, but I make sure that I rest, recover. I use biohacking is actually using no, um, tools to um, your, your environment, changing your environment and your food. So your body is um, triggered in a good way. Hmm. Coffee is a biohack to wake you up, you know, in the simple terms. I like that. So like sleeping, that. getting your sleeping in, that's a biohack. You let your body recover because you don't get strong when you're training and you're working out. You get strong when you're recovering. Right. So these are all, that's the biohacking uh, part of it. So I, I, I set up a team. I fired an oncologist because she wouldn't let me bike during chemo treatment. Oh, wow. One day before, one day before she said, well, if, if you're not going to listen to me, then you can't be my patient. And I said, Okay, then you're fired. And I left. Good and for you. One day before chemo, because she wasn't going to support my lifestyle. Now, I'm not telling this a good thing, but some people I'm listening to a podcast, they live it very differently. Yeah. I had a t-shirt that says tits in progress that I walked around with. <laughs> so I was a little feisty and um, I had six wigs. At the office, it was like, okay, who's this red hottie today? Oh, so you're too blonde. much. So, so evidently yeah. you had chemotherapy and lost all your hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had chemo and then um, I thought the chemo, I had, the, they said uh, lumpectomy. I said bilateral mastectomy. Okay. I, I can't go through that again. This is lobular. 
Okay. You don't see it until it's big. It was stage 2B. They okay. thought it was 1A until they got it. There were some sentinel node involvement. Mm -hmm. So at the end of chemo, and I also chose my own chemo, which hindsight, I shouldn't have done. I got the dose dense one, adriamycin every other week instead of three weeks. So it really um, kind of, it's a hammer to the body. Oh. It, it really, uh, and it's short. So there was a site that was called cancer math. Okay. And I signed up, I pretended to be a physician. So you, they don't check credentials. Then. So I signed up and I looked at the most effective third generation treatments at that point, 15, 14 years ago. So I found this and the, um, the initial oncology people weren't giving that. So I found a hospital that gave that. Wow. And so that's I very that. resourceful. I don't know. In hindsight, I don't know. Right now, when I, I know what I know, I wouldn't have done that because lobular is not quite responsive to uh, chemo because it's not a fast growing type. So what would you have done otherwise? What would they have done? Well, I would have done the mastectomy. Uh, I would have done it. And um, but not the chemo. I might have done radiation at the end of the chemo. They said, OK, now you're going to have your remaining lymph nodes removed. I said, no, that was never an issue. And no, I'm not going to have it. So I went to like two different tumor boards and different hospitals and multiple other doctors and including my surgeon, which I adore. She said, hey, you have three options. You can get radiation if you want. You can go and get your, you know, lip nose removed remaining, which I didn't want. Or she said, you don't need to do anything. You can just leave it at that. Who, who, do you mind if I ask you who you're? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love her. Donnell Chambers. Okay. I, I don't know her. I don't know. I her. don't probably she should be around. She's a, she was a very lovely lady, very realistic. Good. Uh, I love that. My breast surgeon is the same way. She's amazing too. Yeah. So, um, and then, um, so my chemo was great. You know, it, it was great. My oncologist was Dr. Malthrop. Oh he, yeah. I've he heard, was, he, I heard he's fantastic. He was, he's retired now. Right. Well, I, I heard, unfortunately, he had a really bad accident, a uh, surfing accident or something, and he came oh. back from the other side. So there's something going on. It's uh, very sad. Um, such a wonderful person. I've heard. I've heard. Never met, but I have heard. Right. Great Their things. team was wonderful. Um, so anyways, I, nobody gave me a direction. So I blindfolded myself, took a bunch of coloring pe pe pencils. And I drew on a paper without seeing radiation in one and surgery in the other one. So the radiation one, I looked, it was like yellows and oranges. I didn't know which ones I picked. The other one was like purple, black, brown. I'm like, okay, so it's radiation. That's how I chose it. Very uh -huh. scientific. Yeah, very scientific, <laughs> I must say. However, two years later, it came out a study in Europe that having the, all of the lymph nodes removed after they find it is actually shooting the messenger. It's oh, really? of no use. Wow. You know, what happened, happened. They just, they just captured some that were getting out. So what's the point of messing further with it? That's just one view. I, I did not, you know, and I was comfortable with radiation. It wasn't my left side. It's mm -hmm. the right side. So it okay. was a breeze. Radiation was a breeze. It was good. You didn't have any of those major side effects that Unfortunately, I had a um, support system. It was breastcancer.org at that time. Very active forum and chat. So we were a group of ladies who went through everything together. Oh, cool. 
So everybody had, I had a protocol before, uh, like after I got my radiation, I would immediately while I'm there, put aloe on my breast or the radiation area. And then at night I would put aquaphor. So doing that, drinking a lot of water. I was rowing actually when I was going through treatment and, and the chemo, I was doing 35, 40 mile bike rides. So I never quite stopped, but I was resting all the time. I right, just right. got the bike ride and I was training other people for a half marathon. So wow. I didn't back off. My nutrition yeah. was horrible during chemo. Your what was? My nutrition was really bad during chemo. It was, um, um, TG, uh, from TGIF, Chocolate Obsession, a huge brown fudge. <laughs> hey, so, we need those things to make us feel a little bit better, you know? I know, yeah. And nobody could say no to me, so I was... Of course like, not. Yeah. Of course not. So, wow. yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I took all the sick leave to the end. Uh, I did so not sick. want, you know, I, I, I said, no, I'm not going to go back to work. And... Uh, Actually, open inspiration. That's amazing. I don't know. <laughs> Just art business. And actually, I this actually gave me, I know, directed me into the path that I'm in right now. I'm in training uh, because when I went back to work, I was still not quite dependable. You know, I would bat, have bad days, good days. There were mm. some ups and downs. So um, they said, well, would you like to train people? because you can do that. You know what you're supposed to do. So I went into the training and I'm still in that area, which I love. So in, in, in your, in your profession is in education. Well, I work in the support uh, line of business of Oracle. Okay. So I am in the education and project management side of Oracle okay. right now of support. So but that is how, you know, Karen, I get it. Now, now it's coming together. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, it was. That's quite a story. That's awesome. So, so how are you today? You're feeling kick-ass, I gather. Reading your bio, you're feeling great? Yeah, yeah. I just don't like going to the doctor because Mm -hmm. um, it used to be that they would say, oh, you're so great. Now I'm... (laughs) Yeah. Do I need that to too. You have to go. So um, that's one thing that I have an adver- aversion to hospitals, and I, I just, I, I just, uh, I guess so, don't that's like nice. doing that. And unfortunately, I saw that um, the medical education is not, it's not the fault of the providers. The education system is guided by monetary uh, Correct. goals. Correct. Big pharma's out there, man. And right. you, know, want to name that. you said that. So I did say it. I did say it. I and I, I firmly believe right. you can send a man to the moon and we can't get this breast cancer under control. Come on. Something's right. wrong with this picture. Something's right. wrong. Yeah. It's, it's so uh, I, I lost my trust in overall the medical system. Mm-hmm. So I'm a questioner all the time. I take, you know, I. I'm going blind, unfortunately, because we don't have nat- naturalistic doctors that are covered by insurance. So I hope I'm not poisoning myself by doing what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I'm just feeling my way. I do have one acupuncturist who helps me, but uh, there are so many things that could be resolved with things other than prescription medicine with l- less side effects. Yes. Oh my God. Do I know? I am on a, uh, 
aromasin, which is a estrogen inhibitor. Mm-hmm. Because I was diagnosed three different times with my breast cancer. So the first one was due to all the radiation I had when I was 18. I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. So all of that. So yes, I'm constantly taking meds and I hate it. And, you know, I also take a multivitamin, you know, a very good one. And uh, so I don't know either. I don't know either what I'm doing, if, if it's correct. And, you know, your oncologist won't advise you on those homeopathic uh, um, ways. Well, interestingly, when I was going through treatment, my current acupuncturist, who is also a naturalistic practitioner, he was under a hospital in Lake County. They had a holistic oncology person. Oh, nice. It was so nice. So he kind of helped me through it. Um, Like if you take glutamine or thing, so he kind of did a little, or you you can't take this because it's going to counter affect the chemo. So he was able to guide me. I'm hoping there are others out there who are guiding people now because. Do you still see him? Yeah, well, so I haven't seen it since COVID, but I think I need to go because I went rogue on my supplementation, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. I might go to him and so he can um, do yes. what's it, you know, they analyze your body and see what you need and then prescribe. My biggest fight with was with the cholesterol. So I had a big fight with the doctors about not taking statins. So it's very um, controversial. I know. Yeah. So, but, um, cancer wise, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, um, am I happy I had it? No. Did I gain stuff out of it? Yes. So was it worth it? Well, tell me, tell me what the positive of that, of, of your diagnosis. Well, if you're stressed, it's like a watermark, right? So anything under that doesn't quite hit you. You're like, ah, you know, because you've been hit pretty bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're worried about this. Now you must be a very happy person. Just stop picking on people. Exactly. Uh, and uh, maybe a little bit more honest and uh, forgiving. Very good. Now, because, if, you, yeah. if you met a person, a man or a woman that was just recently diagnosed, what words of advice or what would you tell them? What would you tell them? I had a feeling you were going to ask this and I don't have one answer because it depends on what that person wants. Some people don't want anybody to know they're going through it. I know. I know. I didn't either in the very beginning. Yeah. Neither. I didn't. Yeah. Either. No, I called everybody because I'm like, Hey, help, help, help. Because yeah. I'm freaking out. Um, so if people for like me, I can only talk, never say no to somebody offering help. Yeah, that's cool. And don't say, oh, let me know if you need anything. They're not going to let you know. You no, have to tell them. Right. You right. have to tell. And I had, fortunately, a very strong group of uh, friends. That's awesome. Um, who kind of kept me busy. There was always a weekly fun stuff. Um, my, my, the week of my first chemo, I hosted a book club. Now, that was very bad because I was in the bathroom most of it. Oh no. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a little bit too much like, oh, I'll be fine. No, yeah, no. yeah. Oh. So yeah, don't don't reject any um help. I like I mean, that advice. Know, That's good advice. Yeah. And let people know what you want. Put it on a spreadsheet or right now. Um, 
I was sick and tired of telling people and uh, what was going on. And they, they were afraid to ask me. And there was no, Facebook was just starting out or it wasn't, you know, groups and stuff didn't exist. So I had a blog. So I would say that people will go there and read the blog. So that gave them, they knew what was going on. They knew what I needed. That's awesome. That, so, so do you still do you still journal or write in your blog about no, your life? No, I finished after the cancer, after I think it's the first year. I kind of tapered off after I did go on tamoxifen and amphimara for a while too, but they were not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I just got some neuropathy on my feet, but I think it's gone now. That's good. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, let people... People want to help. They just don't know what to do. And sometimes you can rub off, rub the cancer patient wrong in yes. unintentionally. Sure. I, one person that I still don't talk to, which was, she did something, which I still don't understand. She, she wasn't very close. She called me and says, hey, can I come and feel your tumor? What? Yeah. And I'm like, no. And then she came over and I was hiding in the house. So she doesn't know that I was there. Yeah, that was my reaction. That reaction still persists. I'm like, wow. Uh, she was just diagnosed herself? No, she just wanted to feel what it's like. So in educational purposes. Oh, please. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, a little odd. That's a little strange. Yeah. And also follow your gut because I was following my gut the whole way. Um, if you have a question, ask. Never go to the doctor alone. Or record the conversation. Exactly. That's so true. Um, because you don't, you can't remember anything that's going no, on. They're no. just saying, yeah, no, they're we, saying, okay, you're going to do that. You're, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to die. I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. You walk out of the room and like, what did they just say? Yeah. yeah. Always go if you can with someone or take right. notes or whatever. I remember going to my breast surgeon and the first thing she did was handed me a book and a pen. And she said, take notes. And my husband mm. was with me and we took notes. She was the first one who ever did that. And I've had several before her. And she was the first one who ever did that. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. That's really good. Really good. All right. Well, it looks like you've got, you know, uh, you've answered most of my questions. And you are such a thriver, so active. And your advice is fantastic of what you give to, you know, telling people Tell them what you need, you know, and don't be afraid to tell them, you know, and just go with your gut, go with your gut. If your heart says something mm-hmm. go with your heart, because, you know, they're saying breast cancer affects one in eight women in the world and it causes death every 13 minutes. And that's crazy in this world where a man is going to the moon and a woman are going mm-hmm. to the moon and we've still got breast cancer that that just blows my mind. You know, and if breast cancer is caught early enough, the five-year survival rate is 96%. Unfortunately, though, many women across the globe aren't even screening themselves early enough. So that has always been a big issue, big issue. Yeah, and also the stats are increasing. There is another, you know, side of it too. Overdiagnosing is also a thing. I've known people with stage zero that they're trying to chemo. Wow. And I say, say zero. That means it's in situ. It's not out. It's right, right. You know, okay, take the breast out, but chemo, I don't understand. Probably they have a reasoning. Maybe they did the biopsy. It's really aggressive, but I think there's sometimes over treatment. 
sometimes. So I met, there was a um, camp that somebody called Peggy had in Tampa. It was a cancer camp. I've been, I've been, been. she's amazing. Yeah. So there was a lady there older as she was dancing, dancing. And then we heard her story. She had really aggressive kind of cancer, but she didn't have money for chemo. So she couldn't get the chemo. That was 30 years ago. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know what's right. You know, I don't think the doctors know that. That's the biggest thing that I lost. I lost my confidence, not as medical people as people, but the medical system on cancer. Nothing is known. Nothing is known. So. Well, Aylin Arditi, did I say that correctly? You got it. I love that name. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I can't thank you enough for uh, being so open and honest and doing my podcast. It really um, makes me feel really good that you listen and that you enjoy it. And if, if this, if one person is listening today and hears this and feels better about themselves, about their own journey, I have done my job. So it, I really wanna thank you again. And for those that are listening, if you should need anything or any questions, please don't hesitate to email me at Justine at Just Talk with Justine. Please feel free to reach out anytime. And again, Aylin Arditi, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you, Justine. You're doing All great. right. Yeah. Big kisses. Bye. Kisses. I hope to see you on the boat soon. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Cool down. All right. Please come back. Okay. All right. All Take right. Care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Just Talk with Justine. If you like what you've heard, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We love talking to breast cancer fighters and survivors. If you have any questions, you can email me at justine at justtalkwithjustine.com.